Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Taking your calls and texts, 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r The Raiders have re-signed Jerry Tillery. He's in the mix. Cleve Farrell's off to San Francisco, former first-round pick of the Silver and Black, and that makes Cleve Farrell, Arden Key, Maurice Hurst, <laughs> all end up on their way to San Francisco. And Arden Key actually has parlayed that into a nice little career. First year in San Francisco, six and a half sacks, ends up going to uh, Jacksonville. Now he's in your home. He's in Tennessee with the Titans, right? Didn't he just sign a deal with the Titans? I don't know. I haven't seen How that. How do you yet. not know? I, man, dude, I've been busy today. I have you? Yes. Come on, Kevin. Yeah, hey, man, I got a show to prepare <laughs> for this weekend. I've got the game. I got to be on the call. I got to get some new material ready. Yes, the Titans are signing former Jaguars offensive linebacker, outside linebacker, excuse me, Arden Key to a three-year deal worth $21 million with $13 million guaranteed. See, there you go. You're and as a homer, that is a great deal. It's not bad at all. Great move. Not a bad deal at all. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. So there you go. Uh, but there's a pipeline between the, the Raiders and the 49ers as far as, uh, you know, drafting and, and when someone doesn't work out in, in, in Vegas with the Raiders, they head to San Francisco. Again, Maurice Hurst, we saw that happen. And I don't think Maurice Hurst never made it to Vegas, right? He wasn't, he wasn't with the team in 2020, was he? I don't think he was with them in 2020. Anyway. Maurice Hurst never worked out. He was a guy that I know a lot of fans really wanted to, to work out. I thought he was going to work out as well as a guy who dropped to the fifth round, I believe, with Michigan or from Michigan. And uh, the Raiders snatched him up, and he just never panned out. He never panned out in San Francisco either. But No, he made it to Vegas. Did he make it? Yeah, he was here that first year. Okay, there you go. Well, shout-out to Maurice Hurst. Uh, I thought, Like I said, I always rooted for him. I thought he was going to be a hell of a player. just never panned out. Arden Key was always Mr. Almost There, but he worked out as well. You know, he went to San Francisco, worked out, and now he's turned that into a nice little – uh, nice little career, you know, going on in Jacksonville and now Tennessee. So now Clee Farrell is headed to San Francisco, and I wish him all the best. Clee was always a dude who anything that the the team asked him to do, he did. So I'm okay with that. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Again, don'tbebroke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword r Two first-round picks, it sounds like, is what Green Bay wants for Aaron Rodgers. We all know he's going to go to the Jets, but they haven't sealed the deal yet. So would you have rather the Raiders have made that move or – the move that they eventually made with Jimmy G where they gave up money, no draft capital, and now have the opportunity to build up the roster. Let us know about it. Uh, Robert in Portland, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. A uh, couple of things. I, yeah, I, I would have gone after uh, you know, Rogers in second to first. Hey, a uh, couple of things. Um, it came out in the athletic. The NFLPA had a report card on, uh, on, on McDaniels as being the lowest-rated staff in the NFL mm-hmm. players. Also, uh, it came out that, he, you know, he he just uh, doesn't – he's so, so less likely to listen to his players and keeps them for longer hours than any other head coach. That's just uh, some of the notes that were in that report. Mm-hmm. Another thing, um, I think that the fact that, um, that, that Skaronsky's rated seventh – and by the way uh, – Darnell Washington's rated now 22nd over, and these this is this is as far as rating players ready for the NFL. Right, it's not a mock draft. Yep. So 
Darnell is going to be long gone by the time, you know, we hope to the second pick. So we're going to have to figure either trade down and, and hope that nobody grabs him and maybe get him around, you know, 20th or 13th, whoever we trade with. But uh, I, I agree with you guys that, although I will say this about Waller, he did also say um, it came out that Waller will play a lot more, of course, if he's healthy, than he uh, did for the Giants. I don't know if that means that he's purposely sat out that KC game. Who the hell knows? But that it's just it just tells you what's out there um, about uh, McDaniel's. We all know this. If this thing doesn't work, we won't have to worry about McDaniel's anymore. I don't want that to happen, but, you know, it's just the way it is. You know I was for Lamar. That's what I wanted to do, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a fact. Thank you for the call. That's a fact. If things don't work out, then you're right. McDaniel's won't be around. Ziggler won't be around. Pat Graham won't be around. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year, but I do think that they've got to show some improvement and show that this direction is headed in the right, you know, right where it's supposed to be. I'm not saying that they got going to go win double digit games. I'm I'm kind of done with with uh, coming up with uh, how many games I think they should win because again, you know, from the outside we look at it and think one thing, and then it turns into another. So they went six and eleven last year. I do believe you need to show improvement, right? Because at some point, something's got to give, right? I mean, you can't just consistently roll out a team and just say, "Hey, Raider Nation, we'll see what we can do this year." Like that that just doesn't work. At, at some point, that gets super old and frustrations are going to boil not only with the fan base, but with the players in the locker room, the Max Crosbys, the Josh Jacobs, you know, the Devontae Adams, guys that want to win games. That's going to boil over at some point. Let's go out to the phone line again, 702-365-9200. We got Mitch in New Jersey. Is that who's up next? Mitch, welcome to the show. All right, Mitch, you there? All right, Mitch is gone. That's all right. There you go. Thank you, Mitch, for the call. Appreciate you. It's always good to hear from you, brother. Uh, we'll take a couple texts real quick. Uh, at uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Again, coming up at 430, Aaron Wilson. You got something over there? You had a big look on your face. What you got over there? Uh, the Saints signed Jamal Williams, running back from yeah, Detroit. I, saw I don't know. I feel like that's a big move. Okay. I, I don't know. I, they are the odds-on favorite for me to the NFC South. I'm not trying to have the Derek Carr watch, but I do think that, man, they're going to be cooking with something in New Orleans this season. What about Baker Mayfield to Tampa Bay? That doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Just that, I mean, for me personally. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> it's a one-year deal, so clearly it didn't do a whole lot for them either. They gave him a one-year deal. It's a prove-it deal, but like, I'm more excited about, oh, what's that going to change more in the NFC South? Yeah. That Jamal Williams move, I don't know if Alvin Kamara, what, what, I don't know what that means for him. Well, I mean, he's got the issues off the field, yeah. right? I mean, so I don't know what's going to happen. I think most happens – Maybe he gets suspended a couple games. I don't think it's going to be too major, but you never know. You never know how those kind of things work. So, uh, yeah, good good, uh, good note right there. Good little nugget. Jamal Williams to the Saints. Uh, how about Rob in Oakland? He hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. A pretty lengthy text here. He said, the hidden factor is time. If Mark, if Mark promised Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels that they have four years to win, that's going to change their approach to the draft and free agency as well as how they value the draft picks. To me, they're behaving like they've been promised job security. They dumped D.C. without compensation or a clear succession plan, which suggests to me they wanted him out of the building and have to, time to find the right replacement. Two, I was uncomfortable giving up high picks for Rodgers because if we were playing the long game, those picks could potentially give us a decade of high-quality play with Rodgers. And with Rodgers, we'd have another quarterback vacancy in one to two years. I'm not happy with Jimmy G, but he's reasonable option for what's available. I'll stand down for now and assess how the, free, the front office builds the rest of the team. We've got to compete in the division. Otherwise, there is no Super Bowl. These guys aren't dummies. That's Rob in Oakland. He always gives us a lot of good stuff on the WBroke.com text line. And that's the thing about it. 
I said it as soon as we talked to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis. I said it felt like they're operating with a sense of security. Like they don't feel like that their jobs are, you know, up against the wall. Like they've got to prove it right away. Now, I don't think that that means that they can go out and just put any product on the field. I think it's still got to be a respectable product. It's, it's got to show some kind of improvement. But they are operating like they're very secure in what they, you know, what they got going on. Even Dave Ziegler said it on the Busted with the Boys podcast where he said, I'm not going to go make a move just to try to buy myself another year or two. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, he said he's not going to do that. And I think, that's, I think that the reaction to Jimmy G has been so negative for some people that this team, maybe are they going to compete for a Super Bowl? No. But it's going to be hard for this team to lose, you know, double-digit games because of the offense that they have. Now, I know Jimmy G is probably not going to throw the ball all around the field. It's probably not going to go deep too often. But they still have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and now Jacoby Myers, and Josh Jacobs in the backfield, where that offense is still going to keep them in just about every game that they play. I think people are forgetting that just a little bit. Right, and look, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of some of the Jimmy G hate, you know, because I was not a fan of the move. I'm just I'm not going to try to front and act like I was. Right. I mean, because of the injury history, we know it's there. It's something that you have to be prepared for. And I I said it all the time when talking about the Cowboys year after year after year after year, they said, well, as long as Sean Lee stays healthy, then then the defense will be fine. Well, he never did because he wasn't a healthy guy. And when it came to uh, Tyron Smith on the offensive line, well, as long as he stays healthy, the offensive line will be fine. Well, he didn't. So, you know, so, I mean, it's hard to bank on a guy to be healthy. That's just not normally healthy. And that's one of the things. I mean, when we did the roundtable with Lincoln Kennedy, what do you think of Jimmy G? Well, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's it's never good. And I actually had a guy in Salt Lake City today. I was on their radio show earlier today. And he actually said, Q, it's never good when the first thing out of your mouth about someone is, well, when they stay healthy. And he was actually talking about Darren Waller. But it, it, the same could apply for Jimmy G. So the funny thing about it is, as many people that are angry about the Jimmy G signing because of the same thing that I've been talking about, the health, are angry that Darren Waller is not with the team, but yet the health is the same concern. Yeah, but it's the it's the yeah, but of it all with Jimmy G. You mentioned all of the examples there. Because Waller's the guys. a much sexier the, player. Yeah, he is, but but it goes to excuse me. It's what Adam said. That's who I'm thinking of. It's what Adam Hill said earlier in the show. He's already 30, and if they don't see him being a part of the plan long term, where even if he was healthy, is he still going to be that guy in three or four years? when you eventually get it right and now it's time to make a push with this team with all the young guys that they acquired throughout the draft, is he still going to be that guy then? I think that's more of where it makes sense to trade Waller. But hey, but Jimmy G has the injury history. Injury history, But hey, we all know, everybody's saying it, but he's just a bridge guy. Right. Nobody's looking at it as Jimmy G needs to be healthy for the next three or four years right. because when this team's ready to make a, like that Super Bowl push, Jimmy G's going to be the guy leading, leading the team. You know, and the thing I think about is I feel like this, this fan base is going to be so excited during the draft. But, of course, they've got to hit, the, they've got to hit on the players. It's got to be a lot of players that's not – wait, who? Wait, in the first round? Wait, in the second round? Like, it can't be a lot of those. It's got to be ones that you hear the, the Raiders draft when they go and make their selections in April, late April. You're like, ooh, that made sense right there. Or get ex- You know what I mean? Because the draft will do that to you. It'll get you excited. When the Raiders drafted Cleve Farrell, again, no disrespect to him. How many, what? At four? Wait, wait, are you, how many questions were there? Man, okay, you said that, and I was going to that. You you basically just defeated my argument because I was going to say, but isn't that what the last regime did with going after guys from big schools, where if the, we know the names because hey, competed, he's a national champion, right? Where it's like hey, he's a guy from a big school. We see him on TV every Saturday. 
But then that bit the last regime in, in the back. Right. Where, hey, man, you're going after just the guys. Damon Arnett, Ohio State. You know, I think that one threw everybody off. It threw everybody off, but it's, hey, a big school, big name. Where maybe they that wasn't even a big name. Either, it was a big yeah. school. Just a big he school. wasn't a big name. Just a big school. I mean, he was he was the biggest question mark. I mean, Alex Leatherwood to me was a question mark. Yeah, Alabama. But, but I, hey, but I knew Alex Leatherwood, and I thought, okay. And I even said, I think on one of my podcasts, I said, yeah, in the second round, I see you know maybe Alex Leatherwood, maybe even a little bit later, I think he might drop to the third. That might be a good selection. I definitely didn't see that coming in the first. That blew my mind. Damon Arnett blew my mind. Henry Ruggs surprised me because I thought they were going to go with a more sure. Wide receiver, but the speed made sense. So I was like, okay, I can get on board with that. Cleve Farrell, I was there when they played against Notre Dame in, in, in Arlington at AT&T Stadium, and I remember walking on the field as Dabo Sweeney's getting Gatorade thrown on him, and Cleve's walking around. I remember taking pictures of the festivities on the field and said, hey, here's an edge rusher. Anyone need him? And I was kind of referring to the fact that the Raiders – you know, needed an edge rusher. But I didn't think he was going to go number four overall, <laughs> right? <laughs> so when he did, I was like, whoa. I remember being in Nashville, man, and sitting there in the back room when the, when the pick is selected, and Quentin Williams had just went to the Jets. So I was like, oh, they're going to go and get Ed Oliver. Oh, they're going to go get the young man that went to Jacksonville. I forget his name now. The edge rusher that went to Jacksonville. He ended up tearing his uh, ACL. But, uh, you know, it was someone like that. I didn't think there was any chance they were going to go for Clee. But they did. Man, Heidi posted the picture today of the draft of those three first-round picks. Right. And Josh Jacobs is the only one that's still here. Yeah. And that's, wow, that's shocking. Three first-round picks. And then you're getting one guy. He's got the franchise tag. Right. And the team basically, hey, we like you, but we don't love you. Hero turned villain. Got the franchise tag. One Josh Jacobs, big fan of him. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show. Hello. How you guys doing? Blessed. I was just uh, gonna say that um, I'm not. I'm not. Re- I ain't never. I was never really on the Jimmy G thing because of just like uh, just like you said because of the injuries and stuff like that. I know the cat is a pretty good quarterback. He okay. Ain't really no different than um, Derek Carr except for the fact that he does get hurt. But um, uh, it, it, I mean, from the re- from what the reports say, at least the Raiders made an effort to try to see what was going on with Rodgers made an effort to try to see what was going on with um the number one pick and everything like that. Mm-hmm. They just want too much they just want too much for it. And I understand that. But from uh and but we but we can't we can't uh belittle the fact of uh these uh the, the, the players what what the, what they're saying about the coach and stuff like that because I think that's affecting us in the uh uh in getting free agents right now. I really do because the the players listen to each other, they talk to each other, and everything like that. And I really think that's affecting us getting a free agency is the way how the players feel about um about Josh McDaniels. And everybody keeps talking about Caleb Williams and the quarterback from North Carolina, uh, and 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 all this stuff. Them them those guys are they not they not no better. I mean, to me, I've watched them play. That uh, neither one of them is a number one pick. Neither one of them is a first round pick. You got the quarterback from Georgia. You got the quarterback from Fresno State that's probably better than both of them. I'm still trying to figure out how Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy. I'm still trying to figure that out. And then he going to lose to Tulane. I'm still, I, but, but when he won the Heisman Trophy, I'm like, there's no way. This, the only reason why he won the Heisman Trophy is because Alabama's quarterback missed games. Uh, Stroud had, a, uh, had an off year. Because Caleb Williams and the other the boy from I mean the young man from North Carolina, mm-hmm. neither one of them is either worthy of a top fifteen pick next year. 
Ooh, okay. All right, Tim, there you go. Strong take coming out of Texas. All right. I thought Caleb Williams and Drake May were some good good quarterbacks, man. I really did. And, and Caleb Williams, I thought he was a hell of a player. And I know he got a little bit of a bump because he's at USC, so that's going to always get a little bit more shine. But I thought Caleb was a pretty good player. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. I like the take, man. Tim coming strong out of Texas. I like that. Now, how about a text from the 707? Honestly, the only way the organization can regain the trust from the fans is that they nail this draft in the next one. Especially, and you're going to love this one, text, Tim, if they could somehow figure out a way to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, man, one man's treasure is another man's trash and vice versa, right? <laughs> he threw for 42 touchdowns, ran for 10. I mean, that's more than 50 combined touchdowns. What do you mean? What did he do to win it? I'm just saying. The numbers tell you how he wanted. I thought he was a damn good uh, quarterback. And look, Lincoln Riley as a coach has been there, done that when it comes to Heisman Trophy winners, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy under Lincoln Riley. Kyler Murray won a Heisman Trophy under Kyler Mur- uh, under uh, Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts went to New York as a finalist under Lincoln Riley. I mean, there's certain That's things. That's a good selling point right Kayla there. Caleb Williams coach. won the Heisman Trophy under Lincoln Riley. I'm just saying. The coach is pretty stinking good. Kind of knows what he's doing. There's a reason why USC went out and made sure that they got him. It's pretty good. Bought him a house and all. I mean, they took good care of him, man. We'll pay off your house in Oklahoma. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which that was probably paid off anyway, man. Telling you, real estate ain't the most expensive in Oklahoma. I got family that lives in Oklahoma. I know very much about that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Charles in Kentucky. Charles in Kentucky. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q? How Chilling, man. Doing? Chilling. Uh, look, man, I'm getting ready to go to a place you don't want me to go, but I'm, I'm going to go there anyway. I don't, I, don't hang up on me. Answer a few questions for me. Okay. And then I'll ask my question. So, do you think we're going to Super Bowl in two years? Uh, no. Oh, uh, me neither. So, Listen, Derek Carr walked with no draft capital. Broke my heart, right? I don't care that we got rid of Derek Carr. Either way, I'm a Raider fan. But we, if somebody really offered us two first-round picks and we didn't take it, let's not do that again. So you know where I'm getting ready to go? No. Why don't we trade Devontae Adams if we're not going to the Super Bowl? Because he's going to be 33 years old in three years. You, Seattle or Detroit might be sitting there and jump on him. Could you imagine if Seattle – on that fourth, I think the fourth or fifth, fifth pick. Yeah, they got if five. They took yep. him. Mm-hmm. So what if Seattle, we dangled him for that first-round pick? Maybe it wouldn't happen. But it would be genius, genius Josh, if he did this. And then what if we traded out of that and got a first-round pick next year because somebody, like a quarterback or something, fell to us? But, I mean, why not trade him if we know we're not going to Super Bowl if we're too old and we have another Derek Carr walk-off with no draft capital? I'm okay with that. That makes sense to me. But keeping, like, one star, I mean, Devontae can't tell you this team. I love the guy. I'd hate to see him go. But really, if there's that much draft capital there, too, and we're rebuilding, wouldn't that be a piece we could use? I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, and thank you for the call. You're not wrong at all. I mean, that's, and that's what Gruden tried to do with, with Khalil Mack. You know, put him out there because he was the guy that can get the most in, in return for draft capital. Problem is, is he didn't hit on the draft picks. Right, And I would hate to throw uh, a guy like Devontae and his talent, I'd hate to throw him to the Wolves and get some, uh, some draft capital back and then it not work out. Right, Because it's like, all right, so what are you doing? Right, At least right now, Devontae Adams is the guy that people are going to go watch. Right, I think everyone's going to sign up to see him every single Sunday, but I understand your, your rationale and what you're thinking about it. Like if the team's not bu- built to win right now, then what are you doing? But man, I'll tell you what, that'd be a hard sell for me. I, I, I would, you know, people get mad because I, I ain't been angry about any of the moves. That one might make you angry. You know, you said it earlier in the show. Hey, if you start thinking like the fans are going to be sitting with the fans, yeah. Now that's a move you got to think about the fans. <laughs> that's one where it's like I don't care how much sense it makes, and I know this word's overused. The optics, 
Mm-hmm. I, you know, unless they're offering three first round picks, if it's just a first round pick, no, 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 that ain't enough. Like people, not I'm not gonna say they they would riot, but not people would be upset. That would be the what are we doing? This team is oh, this team's in the toilet. That's just a move that. that Charles, I'm, I'm mad you brought it up. What a uh, what a what a tease that would be, though, right? You see a 1500 yard performance uh, in one season. You see all the touchdowns. You see all the great catches, and it's like, all right, then <laughs> that was great. See Especially you. just the one season <laughs> yeah. too. Man, Devontae, he he lit the league on fire last year, didn't he? Right. Mm. Hey, Seattle, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah, that would be a rough. T- I'd ha- I'd have a problem with that sell. I'd have a real hard problem with that sell. So that would that would be something that Charles. I understand what you're thinking. I just don't think that that is something that is uh, is is good is good business. Let's put it like that. I don't think that that's good business. I think the the fan base would really lose their mind uh, more than they already have. And believe me, the fan base is not happy as it stands. How about Cucamonga Raider? He said on the WBroke.com uh, text line, "Hey Q, all the hate, all the overreaction, negative talk from the nation, all stems from twenty plus years of frustration due to losing and bad mistakes. To be honest, I don't blame them, and neither should any of us. In fact." They've earned the right until proven wrong and prove them wrong by winning, which I'm sure none of us will have a problem with them with being wrong. Stay positive, nation. I'm frustrated too. That's Cucamonga Raider. I don't disagree with that. I understand. I know. Look, this is the thing. I know why the fan base is frustrated, but the anger is put on the wrong people. That was my point when I talk about it. There ain't nothing that Demond or me could do to change what's going on. I'm a fan just like you, and I'm actually in a position that is unheard of. Most of the time, you don't get to cover your favorite team. Demond's a Titans fan. Let it be known. He said it all times on the show. He's not in a position where he gets to cover the Titans. It'd probably be a dream come true to him. It's a dream come true to me because I get to cover my favorite team. But at the same time, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy. I'm not, I'm not pulling the trigger. I'm not making the, the moves. I'm not drafting guys. I'm not signing free agents. But you would act like you, you think I am by some of the response that we get. And it's to the point where I'm, I'm damn sick of it. You Zig was right-hand man according to Twitter. According to Twitter, <laughs> let it be known. But I'm telling you, it's, it's so frustrating that it's, it's not even fun anymore. I'll, I'll let it be known. It's not even fun. There's times that I come to work and I'm like, okay, well, let's go do a show. Because I know what kind of BS is going to head our way. And it gets old. All we try to do is provide the best kind of outlet and give you something you've never had. The whole time I've been a Raider fan, there's never been an outlet that's been dedicated to you. I grew up in the Bay. Those radio stations weren't dedicating anything to the Raiders. You have your own outlet now, and then everything comes back on us like we're the spawn of Satan. All we're trying to do is give you an outlet, give you something entertaining that you're not going to get. You know how much National talks about the Raiders right now? You know what they're talking about when it comes to the Raiders? Darren Waller in New York, Derek Carr in New York, in, in, in New Orleans. That's what you're talking about nationally, I promise you. That's what ESPN, when I jump on with Freddie and Fitzsimmons, you know what Freddie says? Well, Q. One, who's the quarterback going to be in Vegas? And two, what do you think Derek Carr is going to do in New Orleans? Like, that's the conversation. It ain't about what free agents the Raiders have been signing or who they're making a move for. It's about, oh, the trade for Darren Waller. Oh, Derek Carr leaving. That's what it's about. So we try, try to provide you coverage from different angles. Vinny, in the morning, is an NFL insider. He talks to the guys that I don't talk to. He talks to the GM. He talks to the coaches. He talks to other GMs around the, around the NFL. So he's providing you information on what he's hearing. And there's so many that are ready to spit in his face like he's the, the, the bad guy. It's ridiculous. And when you know it, he was right about Jimmy G. No matter how he plays on the field, when Vinny says, hey, I think that's this who they're going after. That's because he hurts them. It's not because he's making things up. Exactly. So it's just, it's funny and it's frustrating at the same time, but I, I know where it's coming from. 
And I know if this team turns things around and starts winning, then it won't be there. And you won't hear all that, all the conversation and all the screaming and yelling and all the infighting. You won't get that. But for now, that's what we deal with. And so we do. We handle it. It could be worse. We could be out in the, in the rain digging ditches. We enjoy our jobs. But when it comes to what we're trying to help you with, which is just get as much access and get as close to your favorite team as possible, that's all we try to do. That's why we line up all these great guests that we have every day. That's why as soon as the show's over, me and DeMond sit here and say, all right, what, what are we doing for tomorrow? We don't just show up and all of a sudden throw something against the wall and hope it sticks and have a great show. Like, this is what we do. 426 is the time. Aaron Wilson, NFL insider from Houston. He'll join us next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Lots of things going on in the NFL right now as the first day of the actual new league year has hit earlier today at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And join us now to kind of break down what's going on. The moving and shaking is our good friend Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, KPRC2. That's Channel 2 in Houston. And Aaron, thanks so much for your time. Before we get into anything that's NFL related or as far as the, the guys that are in the league right now, how about Jalen Carter from Georgia? We were both at the Combine. He had to leave, come back because of the legal issues. Today he had his pro day and he didn't do very well. Came in a little bit overweight, didn't finish the skills uh, challenges and everything. He just wasn't looking like himself. Do you think his stock is getting damaged daily? Or, or how do you think he is right now as far as, it, as far as his stock leading up to the draft? Yeah, I mean, he's taking off some water here. It's not great. It's certainly not the look that you want. You know, when you're thinking about, you know, where you want to be and the goals that he has – I mean, he's got legal problems that are not insurmountable, but they're not good. It's, uh, you know, now we're having a picture of character and work habits. And I covered the Ravens for a long time, for about 15 years. They had some guys that had some off-field issues, but you wouldn't question their football character. So, you know, I'm talking about a Terrell Suggs mm-hmm. or a Ray Lewis, some guys that had some incidents, Jamal Lewis. And, like, you know, people do get in incidents, and obviously there's a legal process. At this time, you're starting to wonder, like, about him. I've heard some stuff about him, like what kind of teammate is he, about some of the comments he makes, about a sense of entitlement, and just not being serious enough about the game. And, yeah, today hurts. It doesn't ruin his draft stock. He's still, look at the tape. Right. Can you get him in shape? Yeah. You just have to wonder, like, what's he, um, you know, what's he like? You know, what, what's, you know he, if, what happens if he gets paid? Is he going to be worse? Right. That's a great question. It really is. And I don't think he's for everybody. I think that that's the bottom line is he's not for everybody. Some organizations probably know how to deal with them like that, but I don't think he's for everyone. So let me ask you this. It's the last time we talked to you. Carolina leapfrogged everybody in the NFL draft. They went from nine to one, got in front of Houston, who you cover like a glove there in Houston. And now they're sitting there pretty for whatever quarterback they want. Most reports are C.J. Stroud. Is that what you're hearing? And is, is that mean that the Texans are in line for Bryce Young? Yes, you are absolutely correct that I'm hearing the same thing about T.J. Stroud and that that is the lean in the building and not Bryce Young. So if they go that way, the Texans will be poised to draft Bryce Young or any other player they like, including some players that are draft rated higher than the quarterbacks. You know, I look at some of the pass rushers, especially the Alabama guy. I mean, these are better football players overall, but... Uh, I think that Will Anderson Jr. is someone that they have to think about very seriously. They love that kid, but Bryce Young is the player they need. 
So sometimes you have to, you know, massage that area. Like, what do you do? Do you, you know, go with a quarterback? Or, because you need one, is he not ranked high enough to go at that spot? And that's a balancing act for them. But to me, they've got to get a quarterback. They've also got to sell some tickets. You know, there's a lot of empty seats in Energy Stadium. That is a factor. I was at a concert. You'll, you'll make fun of me, maybe. I, it was the Chainsmokers concert. We went to the Houston Rodeo. My wife and I, she got us these concert tickets. And there were 67,000 people there last Friday night. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time since I've had a full stadium being in NRG. But they were there for a music act and watching bull riding and calf roping. They weren't there for football. Right. Right. They got to sell tickets. Got to get some butts in the seats. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And it's been a minute since Houston has had that star attraction since Deshaun Watson has taken his game to uh, Cleveland and even took his game to the sideline. Again, we're talking with Aaron Wilson from Houston, NFL insider here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned your time in Baltimore. Now that the new league year is official, do you expect any teams to offer Lamar Jackson a contract? I do not. I think that the other teams are treating it like – Lamar Jackson is a Raven, and they don't want to get involved. Man, that's a shocker right there that no team is interested in Lamar Jackson. Has there been a... It's conditional interest. It's like, you know, if you didn't have to give up two first-round picks. If he was a true free agent, of course there'd be interest. It's just, you know, a lot of these teams are looking at other quarterbacks, and Lamar has, you know, something of an injury history now, and so there's some talk about work habits, things like that, so... Yeah, it's not like he is just this absolutely perfect quarterback prospect. There are, you know, he's won a lot, but he hasn't been as good in the playoffs as you would hope for. You know, there's some things. I'm not hating on him. I like Lamar, like his game. But, you know, you can ding him a little bit. That's part of the evaluation is, you know, the totality of everything about him. And I think you have to take all that into account and you have to make a business decision. But what annoys me I like the folks that are like, this is ridiculous, or this is a conspiracy. I mean, they just sound dumb to me on Twitter. I won't name anyone specifically, but I just think the fake outrage, I don't even think happy people believe the things they're saying to you. They're just like, just saying it just to say it. It's like, are you really that fired up? Like, right. have you ever met Lamar? Like, <laughs> why are you so upset? I mean, just take it easy. <laughs> Tell us why you mad, bro. Tell us why you mad. <laughs> I, I just get annoyed with this stuff. And you probably see my Twitter style is kind of like, I don't know, Just I just kind of report the facts and I just move on to the next story. Like, yep. There's so many stories to write, and I don't really share my really true opinion much. But, you know, it's just like like the people that are so annoyed. Is it that annoying that Aaron Rodgers is making people wait or he says the Packers are annoying? Is that that big a deal? Is, you know, I mean, who cares? It's just, unless you cover the Jets or something, and you're like, can't wait for him to get there. But they're going to have an exciting, relevant year with Aaron Rodgers. Eventually, it'll happen. And I thought some of the stuff he said today was pretty funny to me, like dunking on some reporters and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he's entertaining. Right. No, he, he's going to do that, and, and he knows how to keep everyone captivated and be watching. But let me ask you, since we're talking about Aaron Rodgers now, how quickly do you think that something could get wrapped up? Because it seems like now the ball's kind of in Green Bay's corner to, to, to come to agreement with the Jets on some compensation. I think that it happens probably before the draft. That's when I think kind of the rubber meets the road, and they'll come to some kind of agreement. It could drag. I think it could take the time, and, you know, the last time I checked, especially I think, when can they have an off-season program? 
April 15th, uh, because they don't have a new coach. That would be a good time for him to be in the building. But who knows how much offseason he's going to want to do. That's like weightlifting and him throwing on the field with the guys. I know this. is He's committed. And he left no doubt about that with the Jets. And I'm going to go ahead and say it now. He, I hinted at it uh, last night. Jake Brindell, who went back with the 49ers, he called him, he talked to him, and he was hitting him up about offensive philosophy and personnel and it was like a 25 minute call. He is very involved. And cause that was their free agent target center. And then he just chose to go back to the 49ers. He looked at the Texans too and some other teams. I think he's showing a lot of commitment that he's very into this thing. And uh, everything he said today left no doubt that it's just between the Jets and the Packers, Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst to work that out and get it done. And, I mean, this is the start of free agency. So the importance of this happening right now with the way that his contract works, not very important. It's okay. Uh, but I know everyone's going to be like, this is drama. This is his fault. And I just don't see that. I'm not like the defender of Aaron Rodgers. I just think he may get dunked on a little more than he needs to. It's like it's kind of over the top. But I think it's going to take time. And that, to me, is the real deadline. Try to do this in April at the latest. Have you ever made a player so mad with a report that they text you to lose their number? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. With free agency, just um, I had a player one time, and this was kind of funny. He had he was done in the NFL. He was retired. He was playing XFL football, and a colleague of mine needed to do a story on the XFL. And I don't want to name the player, but he's got like rabbit ears. So he was mad that I gave a colleague his number. And the guy texted him and said, hey, Aaron, I had a good relationship with him. And he was really mad. I shared his number. And so I've never done it ever again. But he was, like, really, like, really, like, fired up. Like, I can't believe this. And, you know, for this other guy. And I said, well, he's just looking for, like, two quotes about this XFL thing. And it's not that big a deal. But I said, that's fine. And I, I kind of knew the guy would never play in the NFL again. So I, I, I wasn't rude. I just said, all right, man, that's fine. He's like, oh, yeah, we're done. I'm like. That's I said that is completely fine with me. <laughs> Just like your career in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I was like I was like good luck. I said we're trying to give you some pub, and I'm like I've written a nice a lot of nice stories about you over the years. But anyway, I was like just good luck. That that's probably the closest. Um, I had a player actually. Um, Doug's got mad at me for writing about some domestic issues that he had, and his lawyer had invited me to court because they were going to squash it and have a global settlement of a domestic case. Uh, it was a civil lawsuit that his uh, then-wife, who he later divorced. And so I went there and covered it. I didn't try to interview him. I just shook his hand. We'd always been cool before. I just said, hey, I'm glad it worked out. Talked to his lawyer. The next day he told me, you're in my business, man, and, and we're done. I said, okay, that's fine. And so we weren't cool again. But, I mean, if you covered the NFL for a long time, covered it for over 20 years, at least occasionally you're going to have some people get mad at you for doing your job. But, yeah, those are a couple things I could say. Like, But generally – what happens if you text a player and you, he didn't give you your number or you're not, you know, then they just don't reply and right. that's your answer. I mean, some players, you know, you talk to like, I'll give you an example, like Charles Amenahu, um, you know, we talked after he signed or agreed with the Chiefs and so we just did an interview I just published with him. He's excited to join the Chiefs. So uh, that's the normal experience I have. I mean, it's, I have really great relationships with players. I really respect what these guys go through to play the game. And yeah, if they, you know, if they'll give you their insight and, um, you know, 
their trust, it, it means a lot. So, yeah, whenever I can have a chance to talk with players, it's, it's a, especially like in the off season, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. It really is, and I got my own Terrell Suggs story. Uh, he actually hit on my mom when we were in New Orleans when they were preparing for oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he was still he was still married at the time. I don't mind sharing that story. Me and Terrell Suggs, are on, on, we're not on good terms right now. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. Everyone who knows me knows that story. <laughs> I have a story. Call me some other time when we're not on the air, and I I'll, and we can we'll trade Sug stories. Yes, I'm I'm all for that. Well, we'll we'll wrap I'll this we'll wrap this up real quick on this. Aaron Orlando Brown, he's still out there. He's a left tackle, but yes. he wants to be a left tackle. I think he's better at right tackle. How surprised are you still on the open market, and what ends up happening with him? Well, just because his price is so high, and some people want to pay him like right tackle money, and that's what's happening right now. But you know, a possibility of a reunion with the Chiefs has not been ruled out. Okay. Uh, I'm told that that's a possibility. And as I've reported here, you know, Larry Tunsil, his name has come up a couple times involving the Chiefs. So we'll see. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't say, I'm not saying that's developing or imminent. It right. may even be something that just never happens or gets explored anymore. But uh, I was told that they had that conversation and it was more like the Chiefs initiating, but the Chiefs, that's been about, oh, Jawan Taylor's our left tackle that a lot of people just swallow the line and sinker. I'm not buying it. I think there's something more afoot with Brad Beach, with Andy Reid, and the Chiefs at the left tackle spot. Nice. That's a nice little nugget right there to leave out there for uh, Raider Nation to kind of digest. Aaron Wilson, NFL Insider, KPRC Channel 2 in Houston, with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What do you got working on that we should be looking on, on the lookout for? Um. Kind of just keeping up with the free agency. That's the thing. My last one was just Miles Sanders, and had done something on uh, like this on my interview. Yeah, if you want to check that out, I, I think it was interesting because, like, you know, I think he's the only like sort of name free agent that had done like a longer interview. But uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it, I thought he had some interesting things to say. And he even talked a lot about his agent, David Mulligetta, who's absolutely on fire, one of the best agents in the business. Yeah, he is. And he's very grateful for David. You know, for Charles to get a deal like that, when he had a domestic case, he hasn't been charged, but he was arrested and then, uh, you know, not charged with a crime uh, as of right now. So, you know, to get $10 million a year for a player that has an off-field issue, sounds like some good agenting to me. Yeah, it really does. A young man out of UT. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk soon, and we'll share uh, some Sug stories off the air. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there he goes. He got fired up about the Sug stories. I don't know if you heard the story before. I don't mind sharing the story. I've never heard the story before, please. Are you serious? You never heard? No. You've never heard the Terrell Suggs hits on Mama Q story? No. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. I'll let you know right now, we're giving out a pair of VGK tickets to close out the show. I don't want to forget to ask for call number 9702-365-9200, so you can feel free to get that phone dialing right now as we close it out today on this Wednesday. Been a fun and furious show. Adam Hill, Graham Coffey, Aaron Wilson joined the show. We'll get Paloma on tomorrow. Uh, She had to do a live hit on Fox 5, so she wasn't able to join us to talk all things UNLV, which is okay. Because UNLV doesn't play till Friday, so the good thing is we'll get her tomorrow. We'll get her to preview the Lady Rebels. But before we went to break, Aaron Wilson had told us, who was our last guest from uh, KPRC Channel 2 in Houston. He's an NFL insider, a really good guy. He had told us about a Terrell Suggs story, and I countered with, I got my own Terrell Suggs story. And I do. 
I have my own trail suck story. And before DeMond gets caller number nine, because I want you to be a part of this conversation because you know certain players that are involved in this conversation. So my trail suck story is the very first Super Bowl I ever went to was in New Orleans. I was there with uh, ESPN Central Texas. So Mama Q went with me, right? I mean, we had to we had to get there on our own and everything. We did. And Mama Q's my road dog. So we're, you know, we're rolling together. We're having a good time. We're on Bourbon Street. I'm not going to go to, you know, I'm not going to go to the game. So I work all week long. Anyway, one of the nights, similar to what we did when we were in Phoenix that you experienced, we went out and had something to eat. We went to this nice hotel that had all the fancy restaurants there in New Orleans, and apparently the Ravens were staying at that hotel. So we walk in, and I can't, and I, I think it's Drago's. Maybe it was Drago's. I'm not sure what restaurant it was, but it was a nice restaurant where all the fancy folks go. But my boss, David Smoke, who you met, had to go. So we went there. We went there. We're walking in. I'm leading the charge. Mama Q's walking behind me. And I'm walking, and I see Terrell Suggs and company, wife and all, and a bunch of Ravens sitting at a table. So we're walking up, and all of a sudden I see Terrell Suggs, whose back is to me. And you know how I am when I sit somewhere in a restaurant. I don't like to have my back to people. He had his back to everybody. He looked over, saw me, and then did a double take because he saw Mama Q behind me. And then jaw dropped and straight gawked at her the whole time. Like, like he couldn't, like neck, neck was stuck. Looking at Mama Q, right? And look, I don't look. She's a good-looking lady. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But at the end of the day, mom, it's moms, right? So I was like, so I'm looking at her, and I was like, I, I didn't say boo, but I was just like, mom. Like I said, mom really loud, so he realized, like, oh, that's that's homeboy's mom. I better chill out. His wife is across the table from him, while his neck is broke. Looking at my mom. So I was like, okay. So I was a little salty about that. So we go sit down. We're at the table behind them. We're literally sitting behind them, Devon. So next thing I know, we're sitting at the table. We're talking. It's a bunch of us. We're having a good time. We're at Terrell Suggs' edge of the table. How in the hell does a plate of oysters come to the table that we didn't order? Wow. We didn't order that, but it came to the table. Did they say who they were from? Yes. (laughs) Oh, the other table ordered from us. Oh, Terrell Suggs and his wife ordered them for us, Mom. Congratulations. Guess what? Mom don't eat oysters. Neither do I. But he was all over her, right? Breaking her neck. Breaking his neck. Wasn't breaking her neck because his trail sucks and you've seen him. Mom's got way better taste than that. So, long story short, we go on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. We go to this spot. I think it was uh, Willie Mae's Scotch House. Really good chicken spot in the hood, right, in New Orleans. Really good spot. So we're outside. I think it's called Willie Mae's Scotch House. I'm not sure. But our guy, Paul, you remember Paul Catalina? You met him? Yeah. Yeah, big Paul. Yeah, great guy. You never go against the big guy because he knows where the food goes, right? So anywhere we wanted to go, we followed Paul's lead because Paul knows the food spots. Anyway, good guy. He said, let's go to this chicken spot. So we go. We're standing outside waiting to get in, right? You can't even get in, right? So we're outside. So there's some lady, Ratchet. She's got a, I guess I got to call it an A shirt now. You know, the little tank tops. An underneath shirt, yeah, you know? Yeah, we, we used to call them other things, but we can't, because yes, uh-huh. 2023, we can't call them anymore. So, the white tank tops that you'd see Eminem wearing in 8 Mile, right? <laughs> the ones I wear every day. She's wearing that, has a black and mild in her ear, and she's talking about Colin Kaepernick. Oh, man, we're going to break Colin Kaepernick. And then she changed Nick to another name that r- rhymes with Nick, but it wasn't Nick, if you understand what I'm saying. Again, trying to keep this clean for radio, because, well, it's a family show. So, she's talking about, oh, man, going to break that guy, going to... Lo and behold, that's Terrell Suggs' wife at the time. They're not together anymore, but that was his wife at the time. Ratchet is all get out. 
Like I always say that you have to have a blend of ratchetness and righteousness. She was all ratchet. There was no righteousness there at all. It was all 100% ratchet. And she was, you know, bout it, bout it, rowdy, rowdy. Like Master P make you say, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how ratchet she was. So then, another story. We're going down the street. And you remember Kevin Simon from East Texas? Yeah. Okay, Kevin's like, cool ass Kevin, right? Yeah. We're all walking down the street after dinner in New Orleans. And Kevin, cool, cool, cool player, Kevin, right? He walks up and was like, hey, man, hey, 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 Q. Hey, who's, who's baby girl with? And I go, who's baby girl? And he goes, her right there. And I go, me! <laughs> <laughs> That's my mom, dummy! <laughs> no. Yes! No. Yes, ask K. Simon about that. Nah, yes. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's so why. So I couldn't catch a break in New Orleans. That's why nobody's I'm, ever meet my mother. I'm no. fighting off Terrell Suggs. I'm fighting off Cool Kevin. I'm fighting off Terrell Suggs, Ratchet Wife. I'm fighting off everybody. And guys, this was Drago's inside the Hilton at, in New Orleans. There it is. And they are known for the Drago's oysters. Yeah, well, guess so. who had them at our table and we didn't order them? Thank you, Terrell Suggs. So not a great guy. <laughs> no, no. I don't want to say he's a scumbucket, but you know what I mean? He's kind of on that level. He, he was already looking for the next one. He was looking for the next one while he was still with the one that won the X yet. He was already prospecting. And he was trying to prospect with Mama Q. Unacceptable. I'm still mad about that. How'd your mom's for real suckers out there, guys? <laughs> don't try Don't ask for an autograph. Mama, don't try to shake his hand. And Mama Q hates when I tell that story, but I had to tell it because Aaron brought it up. So why not? Did we get a winner for uh, our tickets? Yeah, but I told him we're gonna get. I'm gonna get you after the show's over. Okay, I got him. Well, that's what's up. We, he did call in. All right, appreciate it. whoever called in. You're you're getting hooked up with a pair of VGK tickets. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Clay, Heidi, and Vinny. They'll bring you more heat. Whatever's going on with the silver and black, they'll take care of that. JT follows at noon, and me and Demond will be back two to five on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great night.